Chris Brooks here. I'm joined by Jared Reddick. This is Rebels 247 Podcast. And we're doing video on our end also here. You can't see us, but it's it's okay. In the future, you will get some of the video. You'll be part of our podcast. You'll be part of the show. And I like that. We've been sitting here chatting, and I'm going to try and be careful here because on my computer, like there's my there's my uh, my camera lens, okay? But Jared is down there on the monitor. So if I keep looking down there at you, that's not that's not really. And I, why am I even doing this, Jared? Because nobody's watching this anyway, are they? Well, I mean, it's just audio. He's, I'm a hey, professional. I'm supposed to be a professional. Hey, don't we all call each other professionals at times? I mean, look, I haven't done radio in, gosh, now it's been over four months. And I remembered this is what I like about it best, where you just get on there and you you just do whatever behind a microphone. Uh, it's just how I like to do radio. It's how I'm going to do the podcast, honestly. And I'm looking forward to doing this with Jared. All right. We've debated several things. I've been on the board now for four months. And you guys, you should know, be my now, you know, I cover recruiting. You don't mind. I like to do programming on the air. Are you, are you comfortable with that? Like behind the scenes questions, for instance, you don't mind if I do stuff on baseball, do you? Or do you consider that like, that's your baby and you're going to be really mad at me if I do anything. Oh crap. What happened? Did you lose me? No, I didn't know if you were talking to me or you were talking to. <laughs> hey, I would, I would edit that out, but I'm not, man. We're running with this. Yeah, I'm talking oh. to you. Like, if oh, you're the base, are we, are we live or no? No, it's just me and you. Oh, um, oh, oh. Okay, I thought we were like we were actually live, and I was like, what? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I have to treat this as live. Yeah, people. <clears throat> listen, I know this is a recorded podcast, but do y'all see what I'm dealing with already here? Jared is 18 years old, and how old are you again? Wow, look, 18. Good, good, uh. Good assessment right there. No, I'm, I just turned 23 uh, a couple of weeks ago. Just turned 23. Hey, I have known you since. When did you first start writing for the high school stuff? Depends on who you ask, really. Was um, 16? You were young. I was a sophomore in high school. Well, well, unofficially as a sophomore, officially. And what, there's definitions of officially, too. What because, are we doing here? Is this like a child labor issue? You can't tell people how young you were? I mean, did you do something illegal? Or Well, people don't believe me when I say that I've been covering high school football since I was 16 years old. Okay. It's one of those things. I Well, call I, me. I can vouch. I saw you. He's young, too. You are I, so young. I, I do remember like it was yesterday. Uh, I walked in with my parents to an abachi restaurant in Oxford called Kabuki. Yeah, We go see the person who did the wedding ceremony for my mom and dad. And that person's son is somebody by the name of Christian Bird, who you may or may not know about. One of my best friends. Yeah. And so I, it's like, I don't know that he knew that I followed high school football. He asked me about my high school. Oh, yeah, our high school is darn good. You know, we have an old Miss commit who's who at the time was a sophomore. They have a quarterback who is, was expected to break every single record there. A guy by the name of Jack Abraham, you may or may not know. Uh, we didn't go talk about for that. You. He's like Jack's what? grand. Jack's granddad was my wife's dentist for like thirty years. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, he knows, those people know everybody. Uh, you know, when when people mention Jack Abraham, the first thing they mention is John Abraham. Yeah, um, that's right. And Michael Abraham, and yeah, that's his name. Is Michael Abraham? Excuse me. Um, John Abraham. That's actually Jack Abraham's actual real first name. I keep John. That. I don't. I just know. According Dr. to Abraham. the according to the NFHS broadcasts, where they 
but this is the year after they went away from Mississippi Public Broadcasting and all that. They like went by their actual official first names. So I feel like we're we're venturing away from center here. Okay, I feel like we're getting off center a little bit. Yeah. Where, I don't even remember where we're going with that now. Okay, we're talking about Jack Abraham, and we're talking about you meeting Christian Bird. Yes, Christian is one of my best friends. Yeah, okay. no, I so was that's good for you. With that. If anybody questions you covering games at sixteen, you you just tell them to call me because I saw you on the field. You were young, green, nervous. You like you're sweating everywhere. That's all, that's all I remember. Like you were like one of these like baby ducklings, just kind of gangly. You know tripping over yourself <laughs> and now look at you you're just this full-grown man covering Ole Miss for CBS and 247 sports you, you just gotta meet the right people um you're right people you gotta do something to stay persistent uh I've kind of always adopted that principle if it's not broke don't fix it uh, whether that means get involved locally whether it means uh you know, constantly going to the same things, whether it be a football game or your team or, you know, your school, be active on social media. People will know you through your social media by some of the unique things you do, like you do shoot the random uh, kind of less than quality standups like I've done, you know, for seven, eight years now. Um, people will hey. know you by that. People will know you by the people that you associate with. And that's what's kind of got me here. I, I will vouch for you, Jared. You're, I know you work hard, dude. And if, if when people listen to this, this will become a regular thing. I like to joke around. I like to be sarcastic. I like to have fun. Jared works hard and that's why he's here doing this job. He gets after it. So certainly happy that he's part of this. Hey, can, let me ask you this too, just on a personal level. How's the job going so far? It's good. Um, it's, you know, of course, obviously it's difficult you know, when you kind of go away from consistently uh, covering, you know, one particular beat, uh, at, you know, at the college level, like I did when I was, you know, just three years ago when I was covering the football beat writer, women's basketball beat writer for Dale, Mississippi, you take a break from that and you actually go work for the athletic department at Ole Miss Athletics. And then going back to journalism, it's something that's always been in my roots, but something you always got to go back to. And I've gone into that. I've met some good people along the way, uh, whether it be David Johnson, whether it be Chris Brooks, whether it be, you know, uh, Brad Logan's, whether it be, you know, Ben Garrett's, you know, all sorts of uh, people in the media field who, you know, cover Ole Miss for a variety of different things. You get to um, just get to be with those people and always just enjoy their company. Um, but uh, as far as 24-7, you know, it's been great. It's been giving me a good daily routine of just kind of covering something that I've loved. And, you know, it's something that I've, you know, Ole Miss athletics is something that's been a big part of my life, obviously growing up in Oxford, um, growing up, uh, going to Ole Miss games, watching, you know, six, let's see, David Cutcliffe, Ed Ogeron, Houston Nutt, Hugh Freeze, Matt Luke, Lane Kiffin. Oh, yeah. No. Six, Are six you coaches. trying to add up how many coaches you've known. Well, because coach, these, coach, these older people on the board, these older people on the board are going to laugh at you, son. Okay? <laughs> Rattling off six. Some of these, gosh, I, if I think about it, it's a that's a big number. I'm trying to. Well, I guess I don't have a whole lot more than you. I mean, just Brewer before that, and then you weren't here for Tuberville. I mean, you missed all of that. One year to Tuberville leave. Tuberville was right before. Tuberville was 2000, maybe. No, I was born in 99, so that make that seven. Okay, no, you can't claim that. No, you can't claim Tub. You weren't here for the whole Pine Box thing. You had to live that. I was, I was sitting in a dorm room at Mississippi College whenever Tuberville left, and uh, one of my buddies was in the room 
big Ole Miss fan, was so infuriated. He called into one of these radio shows. It was a conference call at the time. And literally, my buddy started hyperventilating over on the radio. He was so angry. I still remember that. But now you can't count up. That you don't get that one, uh, but are the baseball people being nice to you? Like, is is Coach Bianco being nice to you? Are they trying to intimidate you in any way, or what? Any of that going on? I think it's kind of a rite of passage when Bianco messes with somebody, member of the media. Yeah. Um, he, I think one of my first questions I asked him, well, not not one of the first, one of the first game questions in game as opposed from media availability or anything like that. Not how to pronounce his last name. You didn't drop one of those on him. Uh, I grew up saying his name, grew up with okay. his kids doing that. But okay. no, one of the things I asked him was how, and keep in mind, this was a game. I, remember, I think it was Arkansas state midweek. It was 35 degrees at the end of the game. We're all freezing. You know, Bianco's an ordinary because he's cold, even though he's got the biggest jacket out of all of us. Yeah. And I asked him, uh, how cool was it to see Hunter Elliott go out there and throw three consecutive strikeouts? And I was so cold, it sounded like I said, how cold are you? And he's like, how cold I am. <laughs> that, okay. Yeah, so that's a, that's a rite of passage to get messed with with Bianco. But no, Bianco's uh, – you know, great guy. Um, he's a great, you know, he's a great guy. He, he's a he's a first class individual. Um, as far as the fans, you know, they've welcomed me with open arms. At least what uh, what appears to be on the board, visually speaking. I, they could be thinking that, you know, this guy should probably just take the print because this guy does not have a broadcast <laughs> voice, like I like <laughs> clearly hearing right now. Um, oh no, you'll learn to love that voice. It's okay. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, I've done. I, that's one thing that I've done in a couple of years. You know. When it comes to you know bare bones operations, games I'll cover, I do like the stand up where I literally have a tripod with a little makeshift iPhone handle. I go up there and I'd say, "Hey guys, it's so and so," and I'm used to say to hearing how much they say the word "um" and how fast I talk when I'm excited about something or you know if I'm just trying to cram something in there like I probably am right now. Uh, we not talk knowingly. over we talk over each other a lot when we're on the phone. I've noticed that you like to you like to talk and I like to talk. That's a problem. That's why I stick to print. Print, uh, hey. I don't have to respond. I don't have to respond to everybody right away, so I can, you know, think about my thoughts before I put it out there. You know, my dad taught me at a very young age: you can, you know, text, tweet, Snapchat, whatever you want to, just don't hit send <laughs> until smart. you're ready. But wise, wise man, you'll never get used to your voice. It'll always sound bad. I don't even. Whenever I did shows on radio, I don't, I don't listen to it ever, ever. Don't care to listen to it. Don't I don't care, but eventually we'll start doing this show. Now you got to get up to speed because we will do this live, okay? I'll do. Like we'll do this live, and we'll. I would like to incorporate textures. So I had this on radio. I felt like I had to, like the system mastered. If I came in the show and made textures part of the show, it's like they provided all of the content, and I didn't have to do as much. So then I'm just sitting there reading texts and they're so good. And look, be honest, some of the people on the board, I know they get mad, like the Sela game. We'll get into that. Yeah, that, that some people, you know who you are. Okay, I, I, I love y'all though, but you're sitting there waiting for that loss. So you can start dropping some of those stats on everybody for the last 19 years. I mean, and we know how that goes. But after that game was over, it would have been cool if we could have immediately jumped to one of these and had like a live session with uh, I wouldn't. I would love to hear that at the end of last night. Last it's last so night, it was. That was a bad. It was a bad. We 
They played awful. They did. Just, and, they and, 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 and it's crazy because you think about, you know, when I first took this job back on February 10th, you, you go then, Ole Miss started – their trek to eventually losing nine of their last 10 games. You think, you know, that's what that's, you know, rock bar rock bottom as far as, you know, fan angerment and all that. But no, when Ole Miss is the number one team in the country and they lose to a team who, you know, by the way, although they went, they were seven and nine going into that game, they had two top 25 wins on their record. They've already beaten Arkansas in Baumwalker stadium. They knocked off in-state in-state rival and, quite frankly, one of the best teams in the country in Louisiana Tech. And, you know, Grand Ole Miss did not play well whatsoever. I mean, they were – they just – well, the way Bianco described it was they were up against a soft-throwing lefty. And Grand Ole Miss, at least last year, really struggled against left-handed, left-handed pitchers. That's a fact. Of course, they – succeed with them this year because a you have a lot older lineup basically everyone in that lineup was there last year and b you know they don't have to worry about swinging so much because of plate patience yesterday there was none of that yesterday they chased uh breaking balls that were low and away uh chasing change-ups uh, that were low and away um they didn't make adjustments for you know left-handed pitcher probably throwing 87 86 on a consistent basis, it was just yeah. kind of unusual to see that. Ole Miss had three hits yesterday. Two of those hits were back-to-back to start the sixth inning. And that was one of two innings in that game where Ole Miss stranded two on base, and both times they hit into a double play for two outs each. Well, It was I don't just wanna, that kind of air-pulling experience. I don't want to say it's frustrating for me. That's not the right word. It's I, It makes me a little sad. You know, Again, you'll find this out, and, and you've experienced this some. When you have a coach that's in one place for that long, you know, there's certain like there's just it's almost like a long marriage. You know, you just you get worn out a little bit. You know, you you could still be in love with each other and there's good things there, but there's things that get on each other's nerves. For instance, when they tweeted out after the game, I think it's baseball. Okay, that's true. But if you if you're used to seeing that that's going to rub some people their own way. And I, and I really get all that in a vacuum though, Jared, like yesterday, nobody would have in a vacuum. So y'all just go with me for a second. Nobody would have complained about losing a midweek game when you're sitting number one in the country, you know, there's some perspective there. Like the season's not over, but, uh, but I get it. It, Let's be honest. Whenever some of these games happen, it's not about just that one game. Whenever we see stuff on the message board, it's bringing up a whole lot of other things other than just what happened. It's, it's basically PTSD. If you really want to, it's really, I think about it. You want to think, okay, well, um, and this hasn't happened yet because Ole Miss hasn't lost a weekend series yet. But yeah. anytime, like I'm trying to think of a good example last year. Uh, You're trying to bring up bad memories. I'm trying to bring up bad memories that evoked even worse memories, kind of in recent times. So, like for so, okay, I'll I'll get I'll. Uh, Oh, I've got a lot. I'm letting you do it. Oh, I, oh could, I mean, I, I could bring okay. up a bunch. But look, what, think of the top of my head, but like with the, the, well, the, the, is, they'll, they'll bring up. Well, okay, look, all right, better example. Okay, postseason failures. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you lose to Arizona last year, who probably had one of the best offenses in the country. Granted, they went two and done when they went to the College World Series, but they were good. They were good. They were great. Um, people questioned whether they 
or where Ole Miss starting their starting closers or starting pitchers the game three one people questioned that and people question a lot of things that Bianco has done when it comes to what he's done on the mound but all of a sudden that that will go back to a a 2020 season where a postseason never happened for obvious reasons and think okay old would have Ole Miss won a national championship that year which brings up heartbreak 2019 they'll bring up be one game away from Omaha against Arkansas which was heartbreak the year before that. Tennessee Tech, which was heartbreak. Two years before that, uh, I believe that was Tulane, heartbreak. And then all the way back to 2005, where Ole Miss had a team that could possibly win a national championship and lost on their home turf for the Super Regional to Texas. It's It, it just kind of seems like an a ongoing nightmare that just keeps – you know, compiling, compiling, compiling. You can probably name more at the top of my head. Well, you go back Even to the Virginia pre-Bian- or, or the uh, pre-Bianco era, Virginia. I mean, um, I know all of them. Here's the, here's the issue. The only thing I would tell fans is this, because this is what I'm telling friends of mine. And this podcast is going way longer than we intended. This oh, is wow, what I'm, at 17 minutes. This is what I'm telling my friends. Okay. And honestly, this is what I'm adopting. I'm a huge baseball guy. I've told you, I have three kids that I'll play at Northwest Rankin. Um, Look, my son's being looked at, okay? I mean, Connor's, you know, low 90s, a senior at Northwest Rankin. So I'm deep into baseball. And I get the postseason stuff. I really do. I, I, know, I really do. And I, I know that's a, a sore spot with a lot of fans. And it makes it sore-er, you know, what that state did, what they did last year, if we're just being honest there. So I, I understand all that. I think it's fair for some fans to say, hey, I'm waiting for the postseason because that's how I'm judging the season. I think that program, in a lot to do with Mike, has gotten to that place where I think that's fair. But if you're going to wait for that and say, well, the regular season we always win, all I would tell fans is just adopt that on wins and losses, okay? Just enjoy the regular season. They're going to win a ton of games. And then if you really want to start scrutinizing every little thing save it for the postseason when that's really what you're waiting on anyway i, I, would, I would say i would have to uh pretty much agree for the most part just because well to a certain extent because the, there are some obvious warning signs in, in the regular season now sometimes those warning signs are often overblown last year i remember very vividly when i was there when tim elko tore his acl last year and i remember the first thing i heard other than the stadium go dead silent i go out of the press box to get something a photographer walks up and he said the first thing he said was there goes omaha and they didn't go to omaha at the end of the year but they got one game away from it yeah uh, and then around well, then gunner time, goes down yeah go, yeah gunner goes down i believe two weeks later i think gunner goes down Max Chofi was already out of the picture with his with his torn UCL, which is Ole Miss, one of Ole Miss's best bullpen arms. Do you know what his status is, by the way, not to get off topic? <sighs> I think his timetable, as of where we stand right now, well, before the season, it was labeled as spring. I have to look at the top of my head, but I think it's the <laughs> – one of the first couple of weeks of April. Okay. I would like to say, I don't no, Don't quote me on that whatsoever. Sure. I'd look at that, but um, he, yeah, that he was going to miss a couple months at the beginning of the season. And right now we're at, sitting at March 16th. So, well, I didn't mean um, to derail you with that one, but where you were headed. Yeah. Excuse me. Oh, um, I was rough. I'm glad that wasn't on video. 
Um, God, yeah, fast. well, I got your train of thought now. <sighs> well, yeah, I mean, you were talking about, you know, just enjoy the regular season. Um, enjoy it. Try, try to. I mean, I, I, I don't mean that just literally be emotionless. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it, it doesn't really – I don't think it does people just their own good to live the whole season and every time something bad happens, relive 20 years of whatever frustration they have. I don't think that's good for anybody. That just brought up – that just brought a really good point to my mind. So, you, you know, of course, you just mentioned it right now. You're a father – of you know baseball we're a baseball family and i assume you probably played baseball growing up or in college or whatever i don't know your whole back history but at the end of the day i was a i was pretty much you know a major leaguer no doubter except you know some injuries and some coaches decisions you know but it's 20 did the yankees call yeah i mean they would have you know they would have such coaches you know, oh, 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 the Red Sox probably just accused y'all of cheating, or yeah, I mean, it was basically that. And the further you get from your playing career, you're even better. But, um, but yeah, we're a baseball family, yeah, you're a baseball family. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, baseball is baseball at the end of the day, it is. You can, you can, and I think I mentioned it the other day in one of my stories that you can literally do anything you want at the plate, you could rack up 20 hits in a game, you could throw. A no hitter, which is rare, but you can throw one of those or give up less than three hits in a game. You could do all of that, be praised one day, and then the very next day, things will not go that way for a variety of factors. The pitcher, you know, the weather, starting hitting, where the best ball lands off the fielder's foot or not. And you could look in the exact opposite that could happen. You could be absolutely scrutinized the next day. Yeah. That's the game of baseball. I think there's an added element when you get there to the postseason. And granted, I never played baseball growing up. That's the thing. I watched baseball growing up. I never played baseball growing up. So I can't say from a player's experience or whatnot. But you talk to any baseball player, there's a there's an added level of pressure in any level of postseason in any form of baseball, whether it be high school, whether it be college. Shoot, I go to I go to high school playoff baseball playoff games all the time. I remember a few of them back when I was in high school, back when Oxford High School was in their glory years when they have, just so happened to have Greg Kessinger, Thomas Dillard, yeah. uh, Houston Roth, Jason Barber, and all that. There's just an added level of attention where every single pitch seems like five pitches. It's different. It, it, yeah, it's like everything adds a little weight. Every mistake is is, is rectified, is, uh, excuse me, magnified. And so... Well, and it's like this. It's it's, and and we're gonna move on here to get to something else before we get off, because I want to ask you one more baseball question. All right, I know the the history of the last twenty years and the postseason. I'm still making a decision when I roll into another year. Is on face value is this team good enough to get to Omaha? It, it could, yeah, it could. Doesn't yes. mean they are, but are they that type team? Yeah, of course they are. Of course, yeah. They are. Oh, definitely. And, and and I think back to when you compare baseball to other sports, if you if you go to – if you look go to a football team and say, is this team going to the national championship? I mean, well, it, you know, they could based on how they play in 60 minutes, but there's also a lot more momentum involved than football baseball. Momentum in baseball only kind of exists in the game. It's kind of hard to kind of go out and other things because, like, like I said earlier, it's, you know – 
here today, gone tomorrow type thing. So when you ask, well, let me ask you one, let me ask you an expert question. Okay. And then we're going to move on from baseball. You've covered the team all year. If there's one issue that you see right now that might pop up later that, that gets them, what, what's, what's that one thing? Most certainly defense. Most certainly defense. Uh, they've played 16 games so far. And I, and I totaled this up yesterday. They played 16 games so far. Four of those games, which, you know, if you have any sort of math in your mind, a quarter of their games this year, they've had three errors or more. Yeah. And I think they have 20 total errors so far on the season. And I think there's like a, a two and then there's a one, one somewhere, but even the ones that are not errors, um, you know, there have been times where they've really struggled against playing small ball and they've struggled with small ball themselves offensively. Um, and even they've had kind of had some struggles, you know, just communicating a little bit with pop-ups and flyouts. Uh, the last two games, well, the last two day of games, because Oral Roberts had a doubleheader for game two and game three of last week, there were two pop-ups that were just routine, and they just let it, let it drop straight under them. And now, granted, they were in foul territory, so it didn't come back to bite them. But I referenced this yesterday where I referenced the 2018 College World Series where Arkansas won game one against Oregon State, and all they had to do was catch one pop-up in foul territory – and they were national champions. Three guys miscommunicated and dropped it. A couple pitches later, Oregon State takes the lead. They win game two, and then they win game three the following day to win the national championship. That's how you know, important those little details can be, um, just fielding and defensively for Ole Miss. I think that's one thing. And Bianco will admit it. I mean, he's used some pretty strong adjectives when it – when it comes to some of his defensive performances this year. Yeah. I think that that's just the main thing. They're, they're, they're you know, you got, there's some questions of starting pitching a little bit because they're still, because they experimented with Jack Doherty out of the bullpen after the Drew McDaniel, after Drew McDaniel has kind of had some up and downs in that third part of the rotation. You know, how long is that process going to take, you know, kind of during SEC play because there's going to go into some dog days here in late March, early April, where you have Mississippi State, Arkansas, LSU, three out of four weeks. And you can look at Mississippi State right now, and, you know, the record at the top of my head, I believe, is 11 and 7, if I'm not mistaken, it's at the top of my head. People think, oh, you know, they're down year. They've lost seven games. And like, no, they've played some top 25 competition. They played some really, really good teams. So don't discount them. Plus, I hate to say it, but. State's record versus Ole Miss the past five six years says I know what it is. It's it's, it's really like se- it's like it's like seventeen and two. In yeah, that's a crazy. One, if number. I'm not mistaken, no. Oh, yeah, ba- for baseball especially, it's, it's yeah, nuts. Off, off subject there, but like there's just a lot of stuff. Well, though th- that's the main thing I, I think that's going to kind of hammer them in the meantime, and of course that can obviously change on dime because granted it's baseball, but I think that's a big concern. But also kind of figuring out the little. Questions of who's going to replace Kevin Graham, who's going to replace Calvin Harris in the order of starting pitching before you kind of get deep into conference play where everything starts to matter more and more and more. Well, we're going to go in depth the next podcast on baseball season. Um, I was mainly going to do this one as more of an introductory thing. And look, full disclosure thing here. 
like allergies have hit me here late at night. And Jared's watching me just blow the mess out of my nose. <laughs> thank, thank the Lord I'm not on video. And I keep muting the mic so I can just hammer at this nose. So I'm going to have to wrap this up here in a minute anyway. Uh, we did have a baseball, I mean a baseball. We did have a football commitment tonight. The, the kid's name's Ulysses Bentley Fourth. That's okay. a championship name right there. That's a championship. Anything with the number behind it is a big deal. I debate. I, look, I was almost the fourth. You prepared for this? Okay. I was almost this close to being Willie Lee Brooks the fourth. Okay. Would have loved be, to have that name. My dad had a Bill and a Billy. I was close. So I didn't get that. Mom didn't like it. I got the Chris name. We debated whether or not I want to change my name to my son's name. Obviously, I'm joking here. But I'm like, Connor, you want to be a junior? And let's start this thing over again. I'll even change my name. I'll be Connor Senior or something. If you get one of those guys with the four behind it, okay, the lineage, all right, that's a big deal. The guy's name is Ulysses. Is it Ulysses? Is it Ulysses? I guess it just depends on who you ask. If you ask a history buff, you might say it's, you know. Ulysses. Hey, he led uh, the AAC in rushing two years ago. Was one of only two freshmen in the country to rush for 10-plus touchdowns that year. All right, and that's the transfer portal running back they pick up in addition to the number two transfer running back in the portal in Zach Evans. That's a phenomenal job. And look, I know Jared's a big Mississippi high school football guy. Like I said earlier, you did start covering it when you were 16. And you know my history. I mean, I've covered it for 12 years. Love it. This uh, the transfer stuff has had such a bad impact on high school football in general, in terms of scholarship chances, especially here in Mississippi. So I'm not a fan of that. However, it's hard to argue with the results this year. I mean, they have crushed the transfer portal, and this was just another one to add to it. Almost oh, certainly, and it's one of those things with uh, the one of the first questions that. Lane Kiffin was asked when he was first hired at Ole Miss when it comes to new additions and recruiting and all that, especially by the ones who cover recruiting the most, you know, he's a former NFL coach. You know, he, he was there in the midst of free agency back in the day. We have a free agency in college football. Now we do make, make no mistake about it. And it's, and I don't want to misspeak about this, Jared. Um, it's not that I would say Lane Kiffin's a bad recruit. I'm not saying no, that. nothing, yes. nothing like that. But I have talked to people that are around him and work in that office. It's more a case of th- this particular kind of recruiting with the transfer kids, and they're two or three years older, and they're more mature. This definitely fits his personality much better than running around chasing 17, 18-year-olds. Okay, that's a part of this also. I, th- I think it suits him well because it does have, like you said, that NFL free agency feel to it. Oh, definitely. Um, and when you – when you I, I, kind of going back to what you were talking about, about uh, it possibly being a detriment to kind of the hidden gems of recruiting. And as you and I both know, there's a bunch of hidden gems in the state of Mississippi. There are, and you, more now than ever. Yeah, and – and I use this example all the time when it comes to, you know, hidden gems and kind of, you know, taking the guys who are not the, the blue chips, the five stars, four stars, which, you know, Mississippi usually has about one or two of those every year. You know, of course, Perkins being, you know, kind of the sh- shining jewel, of the 2023 class, 
Yeah, we'll do a pod on that and break down recruiting. But yeah, Sunterine's he's big time. Yeah, definitely. And it and I used the example of you know how impactful those kids can be. You know, if you're willing to take a chance, because you look at you know you, you look at Memphis the past couple of years, and you know they went to a Cotton Bowl a couple two years ago. Um, they've always in the mix of their conference. How many of those? Players that have had made such an impact on their team came from Mississippi. Well, Daryl, I can name, I can name, mine. I can name five. I'm gonna name five at the top of my head. You know, yeah. O'Brien Goodson, the Savante Oliver, Daryl Henderson, Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth was in my backyard and around the metro area, and I couldn't believe people weren't all over Kenneth. And he goes there, and then of course the rest is history. There, he's in the NFL. They doing get a great job. They get the they, they get the Olive Branch products. Because Olive Branch, despite some of their records the past couple of years, the high school ranks, they're always littered with talent. Yeah, and but but the thing is, when you don't know about those type kids, you know, and they can get known for a variety of things, and then you have, you know, like the, the transfer that we had today, somebody who led the conf- that conference in rushing two years ago, you know about that guy. You yeah. may not know about the the three star guy. That's who do you right. think you're, who do you think you're going to go with? And I think that's, you know, that's given the mentality about it is well, if this is the way the game is being played, then game on, buddy. Well, and I had one person tell me this too on going down that same road. Uh, when all these kids actually got to campus, I mean, the major difference is whenever you're bringing in 25 high school kids, for the most part, they look like high school kids. I mean, these we're talking about a dozen guys that have already been high producers in other college programs, and they're walking in the door ready to play from day one. The evaluation process is very different. You have way more to to base your evaluations on. And, I mean, that's that's obviously a game changer. And the, I don't know if this will happen every year, okay? I also had that conversation. The transfer portal for Ole Miss this year, it could not have gone any better. But there are other schools looking at what happened this year, and, and I think it'll be more competitive next year. It's kind of opening the floodgates. Um, I'm most, already, I'm already here. Certainly, yeah, and, It'll and be harder. you could also throw in nil in there. That all opens up a whole another can of worms, guys. Yeah, like and Bron- I can't wait to do that show. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, it's it's not going to do it tonight, wild, man. But, oh, yeah, I'm just no. I've lost filter you, you, on all that. You can kind of go, you can go on a tangent for two hours about that. I don't know we how can. many people in a live show would actually go in and, and listen to a two hour sermon on that when they could possibly do other things, but. Oh, they'd listen. You know, hey, they'll, the listen, quality, they'll, they'll listen to you. They'll may listen to me. The quality like, of this content that we've already that we've already put out there today, the opening of the show, I mean, that was professionally done, the stuttering and the stammering. I mean, between me blowing my nose over here, we haven't me, gotten into your personal and me didn't, life. And me, me didn't even know that, you, that we were live until... Yeah. Jared didn't even know we weren't live five minutes into it. And literally his main contribution prior to coming on the air was whether or not we were, we were going to give his number out on the air to help him in that department. I mean, I don't know what you think this is, man. This is a professional business we're running. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to, you want to give your number out or were you joking or, I are mean, you, are you single or are you dating or anything? Shoot. Well, let's not go down that road either, huh? <laughs> Short answer, no. I am single. <laughs> I am single, I Bachelor. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Hey, look, good. Stay single, man. Be married to your job. Isn't that what they say? Be married, married, to, married to the game. Yeah, just married to the game. <laughs> but you are enjoying this, though, right? I am enjoying this every 
every last bit of it. Um, just blessed. Um, you know, God's blessed me in so many different ways. And it's kind of one of those where, you know, who knew that this was going to happen just a couple of years ago and he'll put you in the right place and meet you and get, meet the right people. Um, may you maximize the talent God gave you and it'll take you as far as you want to go. And that's something that I've, you know, just come to realize through this whole process and I couldn't be more happier. Well, I don't mean to sound condescending. I'm proud of you for for real. Very proud of you and what you're doing and happy you're on board and looking forward to doing some more of these. Okay. All right. Looking forward to it. All right, Jared, you're a good dude. Uh, That's Jared Redding. I'm Chris Brooks. You've been listening to the Rebels. I guess we're going to call this the Rebels. I'm looking at the logo. We're going to call this the Rebels 247 podcast until um, until we decide to do something different. But appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys later. Take care.